0: I would have loved, I always wanted to meet um, Michael Jackson. Mm. You know, it was a goal of mine to, like, work really, really hard until I got noticed and, you know, collaborate with him.
1: You ready? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Roseanne Thorns. Hey, Love Bugs, and welcome to another episode of the Roseanne Thorns podcast. I am P. Ryan. We are here, quarantined again, talking to each other via Zoom. Well, I'm talking to my guests via Zoom, and I guess we're talking to you guys via whatever avenue you listen to podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) But I am super pumped to be here today, and I am standing. My heart is already so full. I am sitting here with the artist, the complete cutie pie, the hair extraordinaire, (laughs) Namui. (laughs)
0: It's <laughs> very extraordinary. I never heard yes. that one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. No Brian, thank you so much. Thank you for being on.
1: I'm like super geeked. I feel like I don't even know what to say right now.
0: I um, know. I feel kind of like starstruck, low key. Uh,
1: like, uh, you the star. Like,
0: like, um, you the star, too? Like, no I, well, I've always looked, okay, so it, this is a, a very big full circle moment for me because we met years ago when i was a senior in college i mean a senior in high school yeah you were a freshman i forgot what the program was called but you know when i shadowed you Mm -hmm. and everything you were like my host and i've never like i've never been to a college campus before Mm. So you know, and no one in my uh, family has ever gone to college. So it was a really, really, really big deal for me. And then I remember the the most the most memorable thing about that was you taking me to your uh, acapella rehearsals mm. for um pandemic faux pas. Faux pas, yeah.
1: Faux pas. Oh the my god. Faux
0: pas. Yes, faux pas, and it was just amazing. I remember um, someone was singing. Um, I think Gravity by Sara and like, it was just really amazing. I've never seen an acapella performance, let alone a live performance, you know, up close like that. And um, I was still kind of like training myself. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, I can do this. I, when I come to college, when I go to college, I can sing. And that's why I joined an acapella group. I was like, I can sing and, you know, mm-hmm. I could still be a, you know, a psych major cause I was also, I, you know, Psychologist, it was a whole moment. And so now that we're talking to each other now, I kind of feel like I'm speaking to like a huge inspiration of mine. It's a really big moment for me. You have no idea. I'm a little
1: emotional. That really warms my heart. Um, I think it's just a reaffirmation of the fact that like you never know what seems simple to you, like how impactful Mm -hmm. that can be to other people. Because like when I found out that you were going to be like my, I would say little. I was kind of just like, okay, cool. I'm a little nervous. I don't know if like my college experience is going to like give you anything, but you know, hopefully you can take something away from it. And I feel like you having that experience, you coming back as a freshman to Maryland, and us kind of building relationship on campus. I I don't know. To hear you say all of that now, it really warms my heart. Thank you.
0: No, for real. It it did. It did a whole lot, and you introduced me to some really amazing people. and that kind of catapulted me into the theater world. And mm. it, it was, yeah, you, it. this is a big moment for me. so For
1: me as well. Yeah. Thank you so very much. Thank um, you. Tell the people just about yourself. I'm standing. Mm. <laughs>
0: I'm standing. Um, I would just say that I'm just this quirky middle child that's from Baltimore. I live in L.A. I'm an artist and... You know, when I say artist, I mean just like a, cre- like a, a creative of many, uh, I guess, skills. <laughs> I'm a writer, singer, actor, you know, visual. I'm just a creative. Um, so, yeah, I'm just trying to make it happen. That's a little bit about me. Uh, I was born in Harlem. Yeah, just trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And not just trying, like you truly are making
1: it happen. Mm-hmm. And, I, th- and I love how you, you know, asserted yourself as an artist, because I think that's one of the things that made me stand you, even when you were a um, senior in high school, moving into, you know, the different levels of college. Um, mm-hmm. When I heard you sing, I was just like, damn, this is a singer. <laughs> right oh wow not not only <laughs> is your lower register like everything but you be hitting them notes those high notes <laughs> and I'm just here like oh my goodness wonderful
0: right? thank you I'm just wow
1: yeah yeah no I stand yet like the one thing that I also kind of That really struck me about your experience, even though you have this fabulous gift, even though you have this talent, you have been very transparent on your social medias about um, insecurity and and sometimes how that negative voice can kind of creep up and make you feel like, okay, you need to not release that. Maybe you shouldn't perform over there. Maybe you shouldn't sing that song. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you could share just a little bit about your experience, you know, dealing with insecurity, anxiety, dealing with that negative voice that kind of creeps
0: up. <sighs> um, mm-hmm. it's, it's so incredibly multi-layered. Uh, I feel like whatever I say won't really like point out everything, but the first thing that comes to mind is my upbringing. I've always been in this... I've always had like this kind of like tightrope experience. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I grew up in the hood. You know how that story goes. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in the hood and there was a lot of violence and just a lot of things happening. But I, I had um, a wonderful set of moms, <laughs> two moms that told, taught me that I can be and do anything that I wanted to be and do. Um so it was really polarizing for me. But, you know, of course, all of the images that you see around you and on the media tells you that, you know, you know, someone from where you're from that looks like you or, you know, that's kind of like you, they don't do this type of thing. Mm. Um, so that's always kind of been uh, uh, a burden. Well, I don't even know. I don't even want to say a burden, but kind of like a demon I've been shaking off over the years. And I think that I've successfully done that. Mm-hmm. um over the years I mean there's still remnants left but you know that's that's one of the struggles that uh contributes to my I guess anxiousness and presenting the art that I, I I create in my head to people and then also I started kind of late <laughs> like mm-hmm. really really late like like I just said like I just started well for me in my head i started late you
1: know i love that you pinpointed um, that
0: yes yeah in quotation marks because you know it's never too late to kind of pursue your dreams but i just started teaching myself to sing when i was 17 18 um and uh you know just had my first singing experience around that age whereas like you know a lot of people grew up with those type of experiences as children or had parents that kind of like taught them or were artists themselves but i didn't have any of that i kind of you know how to to build that up for myself, and I felt like I was starting late, and I still kind of feel very um, estranged to the the relationship I have with uh, uh, like the presentation part of my craft. Mm. It, it feels like a ten year old I'm interacting with because it's only been about ten years, so mm. I'm still trying to get to know it and let it be what it needs to be independently. And you know, it's still in that kind of phase. But um, I think I've gotten a better grasp on it. And then, you know, you know, you know, all of the stereotypes of, you know, creativity. Growing up as a, a, a young Black boy, um, hearing how, like, different modes of cre- creativity uh, were signs of weakness. And, like, mm. it's never encouraged um, the arts uh, so uh, explicitly growing up. So it's all of these messages that kind of contributed to my internal voice saying like, I don't know if people are, you know, going to dig this type of thing. Cause I'm really transparent and sensitive about the things I, I feel. And um, I know it's a bit different and doesn't necessarily fit into a type of box. So yeah. I still have that kind of voice, but you know, I'm getting over it. And um, the more, I I, I see the world evolving around us the more I feel encouraged and the more um, I guess like young people well it doesn't really matter any type of person the more I I hear people's stories the more motivated I feel to to be a vessel
1: absolutely I love how you you kind of subtly painted the picture at first but then you actually said the words like you don't fit in any kind of box and Mm -hmm. I think when you talk about kind of the origin of that negative voice, it really stems from people trying to put you in boxes when you were Mm -hmm. younger. Right. So like, you're a black boy, like, no, you can't do X, Y, Z. Or people who come from this uh, place come from the hood. Right. Can't Mm -hmm. perform, can't do Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. Right. And the reason why I want to sit for a moment and just like highlight that is because I don't think people realize how impactful those messages are. And how they can really work to, like, limit and debilitate us. Okay. And at the same time, I also am curious about the motivations people have, like, when they share those messages. And sometimes I feel like they share those messages because that has been their experience, right? Mm-hmm. Life didn't work out for them. They didn't make it out the hood or they weren't able to manifest that dream. So their reality truly is you can't do that.
0: hmm yeah, it's 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 very it it, it runs so so deep. Mm. Um, this whole idea of I mean, we can get really political about it, talking about the you know the prison pipeline and all that stuff, or right. just media images of like you have to be like some sort of rapper or athlete in order to be somebody as a black boy coming from this type of it's like it's so 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 many things, but mm. I think I think we're we're letting go of that. You know, I don't think that um, creatives are exceptions in these types of environments anymore. I think Mm. people are starting to really, really understand the importance of artists. um, artists.
1: Absolutely. And even though that voice can be debilitating, you haven't let it stop you. You've picked up, you've been over there in the West Coast for about three years now, and Mm -hmm. you have really done some things right so first of all you released an ep the garden you yeah. had many showcases right you had a feature in voyage la mag
0: mm-hmm. which was really cute yes was cute time
1: thank you <laughs> then let me get up into your business for real for real let me tell you about a story so i you know we all have been quarantined for quite some time and so i have been Mm -hmm. taking this time not only to be as productive as i can some days it goes well some days it doesn't but i've also taken this time to watch tv (laughs) and so i decided to get down to the netflix and turn on a show (laughs) called (laughs) never have i ever right and I believe it was, yeah, it surely was, because Adria Young was also on this. I turned on to episode six. Go Terps, right? And who do I see sitting in the classroom? (laughs) You. yes (laughs) yes <laughs> when I tell you I screamed
0: <laughs> and this is so fun
1: this is why I say like I'm literally always rooting for you and even when you don't you know post on social media is like yo look out I'm gonna be on xyz I'm gonna be on this show like for me to see you it did my heart so good I was like oh
0: my it's mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. go ahead I was, saying, I was just saying that I actually forgot all about that because we shot that like a year ago. And, okay. you know, it was when it was still uh, in talks about being a, a new show for the next season. Um, so I actually completely forgot about it. And then when people started hitting me up, I'm like, because I, I didn't watch the show. I was just, you know, just, I don't know what I was doing, making mm. food or something. And I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> so, it was so fun. It was it was really fun. It was a, it was a fun day. Everyone was so kind, and the food was great, and it was it was nice. They didn't really know how to work my hair because it was all white people, and so I had to do it myself. Hair extra hair, hair extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, it kind of worked out because I really didn't know what to do with my hair in high school either. So, it kinda <laughs> mm. <laughs> so it kind of worked out. Well, the, hair uh-huh. is epic. the hair is epic. <laughs> Thank you., <laughs> now, but
1: what I have to say though, is that like these mm, these moments watching you move, seeing your success, it really is a testament of what happens when you kind of combat that negative voice. But before you can actually gain the courage to combat that negative point, that negative voice, you have to kind of get to a point where you're just like, all right, I'm tired of this, right? And the Mm -hmm. reason why I'm highlighting this is because so many people don't get to that point, right? So many people are comfortable in the shitty situation that they're in. So it's just like, let me not take a chance on what's on the other side of anxiety, what's on the other side of fear. Mm -hmm. What got you to that point to even pack your bags and be like, all right, bye, East Coast. I'm an LA girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's it's kind of a long, it's 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 kind of a long story, but I don't know how else to really summarize it other than I kind of had to have a breakdown to get to the breakthrough, I wow. guess. Um, uh, specific to me moving to LA, I think, um. You know, post-breakdown, the 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 moment that I was just like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Because I always thought about, it. like, when I was in college, you know, doing theater and auditioning and everything in New York and whatever, um, you know, people would ask, like, are you interested in film or theater or, like, what, what kinds of things I was interested in? And I would say, you know, I'm, I really would like to do film and this and this and that. And I was like, LA sounds like a good option for you. I was like, I don't know, like mm. that's kind of far. <laughs> but I had a uh, a mentor in uh the psych program that I was in and he told me that I can do it. He straight up was like he was very uh uh conservative and mind you it came from a place of what he felt was like love. Mm, mm. You know, it was more so like you should really focus on your studies and like you can't really do both things at once. It came from that kind of place because mm-hmm. he didn't want me to fall off as, like, an academic. But I was like, no, nah, fuck that. Oh, excuse me.
1: No, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fuck
0: that. I was like, fuck that. I'm, I'm going to do it. And yeah. so it was from that moment I was like, yeah. I You know, I made, like, an actual, like, three-year plan, five-year plan. Like, I was serious because I do not like being told I can't do something I, that I can't, do something Mm -hmm. that i set my mind to Mm -hmm. um because i really do think it's it's possible so it was from that moment i was like yeah i'm gonna move to la so started saving up you know i started uh prepping all of my circles like you know this is something i'm gonna do in like these in these couple of years um (laughs) and so that's what's gonna be i think the hardest part was my mama Mm. 'Cause <laughs> she was like, I can't be that far away from my baby, but I also know that you gotta fly and do the things that you gotta do and follow your dreams, which is you know, which is a really big moment and really mm-hmm. shows a lot. Um, but yeah, that was that was it. Yeah. It's like yeah. I gotta do this because as long as I don't, people will continually think that I can't because if I don't, that's what they see, that I can't do it. So I need to show them that I can do this and show myself that I can do it too. So
1: People will continually think that you can't, but then it'll also reinforce for yourself,
0: mm-hmm. maybe I can't, maybe yeah. I am limited.
1: And you know what really burns my biscuits, thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> no, seriously. Thank you for sharing that it was a mentor
1: in the professional field that told yeah. you that you can't, be both a professional and an artist,
0: right? Exactly. And
1: I find that so interesting because, you know, we both went to University of Maryland. Mm -hmm. That was a similar message I got. Maybe not from professionals at Maryland, but... When I think of just like different um, internships that I've done, when I think of even Mm -hmm. just like my friend circles, those who were, you know, on the pre-med track, those who were very focused on manifesting this professional life, when I would tell Mm -hmm. them, like, yeah, I'm just coming from acapella practice, like in this little play, like I really want to curate myself as an artist or uh, nurture myself as an artist, they're like. Uh you can't do that that's against the rules boo or Mm -hmm. i remember one friend who again in love i love how you said that right like they were well-meaning about it um they had shared with me like you know you're doing this now but eventually you're gonna have to choose
0: between one or the other right right? exactly
1: and i can say luckily like not even luckily because similar to you i had a plan right i -hmm. haven't had to choose here i am being you know you know, trying to be a psychology professional and here I am also <laughs> figuring out this whole media life right and so I'm so glad that you committed yourself to proving those external negative voices wrong and reinforcing for yourself that you can make these things happen
0: mm-hmm. and then also kind of just it, it made me want to investigate like what kind of avenues I can create my myself because you know Service doesn't look just one type of way, mm. you know. I, I majored in psychology because I really enjoyed um couples counseling and mm. I wanted to special have a, a specialization in sex therapy mm. in grad school, and it was a whole thing. Um, but I realized that, um, you know, advising and service and really that idea of healing and uh, sharing messages about love and representing that type of thing can look a different way. Mm-hmm. And that, I, you know, I devoted myself to really investigating how that, how else that could look and how else that can kind of manifest for me.
1: Did you give up on your couples therapy, sex therapy dreams?
0: Well, I'm still in the process of kind of figuring out how I want that to manifest for myself. Mm. I think the idea of school, the 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 institution of you know college and stuff, and it just really turned me off because um, all of the pro the programs that I wanted to uh, apply to, none of them were funded. Mm. Um, <laughs> they were all white. It was just, I was like, maybe I should go about this in a different way or give myself some time to, like, experience life and then, you know, think about whether or not I want to go back with a different mindset. Um, My mother always told me that, you know, school will always be there. Mm -hmm. Education is important. um, But at the same time, school will always be there. So once I graduated, I was like, you know what? I'm going to educate myself in a in a very different way and get experiences in a, a, a different kind of way. And then if the uh, if grad school calls me back, mm. I, I wanted to do a side D program.
1: Oh hey, uh, welcome to me. But
0: hey, <laughs> <laughs> um, but none of them were funded. I wasn't trying to pay yeah. out of pocket or Nothing anything sucks. like that. Yeah, I don't know. So. Yeah, that's just kind of where I am with that. Uh, I still, you know, I'm still doing my research, and mm-hmm. I'm still doing what I need to do to to prepare myself for an opportunity if it comes my way. But
1: yeah, yeah. And as you do the work to kind of figure out that opportunity, I completely support you. And if you want to talk a little bit Thank more you. offline, I'm totally down. Um, I took this ID path, and what I will say is everything that you said is valid. spot on they're not funded so there is a financial aspect um, of pursuing higher education um, Mm -hmm. this id route Um, super super white which comes with its own challenges Um, Mm -hmm. as one who has been in a fraternity, or who has been who's in a fraternity I will say getting this doctorate is the biggest hazing process I've ever been through
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I will also say
1: that because it's so white the need for black male clinicians is, is great. Yes. Right? But again, yes. you have to for figure real. out what's right for your spirit. Um, and if you want to commit yourself to that path. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's totally talk about that offline.
0: Yes. Oh my goodness. So yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk.
1: <laughs> but stemming from that, right. Just hearing how you're going about figuring out if you want to, um, pursue kind of like formal education, to kind of achieve that goal of being a counselor, being a therapist, um, you seem to really be focused on living a purpose-driven life, Mm. right? Purpose and and passion seems to be like a major thing that kind of guides you. As an artist, what is your purpose? What is your passion?
0: As I understand it now, currently, Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because knowing that it can evolve yeah yeah. (laughs) it probably will um but what I understand it to be now is that my purpose is is to heal people you know Mm -hmm. uh art and creation for me is is a service and I am a vessel of such a service of such service um I really want to reach out to The young people that felt the way that I felt growing up that didn't have that representation. I want to reach out to my peers and people who came before me and show you, show them that like, you know, this is a different way to think about things. Um, These types of people exist. You know, black queer artists from these uh, these types of places that do these types of things. Like, we're here. we're, We're 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 doing this. This is you know how I love and. It's, I just, I just want to provide a service. I think mm-hmm. healing is the purpose um, with me as, um, I, I guess, a server. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to affirm.
1: Yeah. And I think in the way you live your life, you already do so. So I, I hope I you hope just so. continue to, to let that, that passion and that purpose guide you.
0: God, I sure hope so, too. I mean, I, I think I have a pretty strong head on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing support system. And I don't think I'll lose sight of that. But, you know, it's always really nice to be affirmed by people. Even though, like, I don't seek validation, it's always nice to be affirmed at the things yeah. that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? A little so,
1: affirmation is cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Yeah. Right.
1: Now, you're currently a part of the musical group Sons of Iris,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: you did a cover of Mad World, which Mm -hmm. I absolutely love. For those who are listening, uh, Malui will share his uh, Instagram handles or his social media a little later. Check out that cover. As you're navigating the music industry, as you're navigating the entertainment industry in LA, what is one lesson that you've learned? um As a black queer artist, that you'd like to share to the pe-
0: with the people. Mm, one lesson that I learned. Um, I guess it goes back to to what I just said about. Oops, sorry. It goes back to that idea of seeking validation. You don't need to seek validation. I know. I know. I know. I know. We absorb messages that says, you know, we're not made for something or this isn't right for us, but. We're here, and we have so so much talent and so much to offer to um to the world um so that's one thing I learned going into these audition rooms and being the only black person mm. going into these um the, uh, auditioning for these roles that have nothing to do with much ado about nothing <laughs> um and that's no shade to these to the writers and stuff but I see that the world is is slowly evolving, but um, yeah that's one thing, and then another thing is that it's a business too, mm. so as much as that as much um, as I am a creative and an artist intrinsically i I, I have to constantly remind myself that i 'm in the middle of a uh, a business, mm. and so I shouldn't let that sweep me away or uh, make me lose any type of artistic integrity. Like, don't... I I think a big struggle of mine right now is music. As far as music is concerned, is this idea of uh, selling out. Because I've... I I can't get into, like, names, but I've had amazing opportunities to work with some really, really big-name folks. Um, But, you know... (laughs) They essentially, I would say for lack of better words, suggested that I should kind of like sell out and be this thing um, because, you know, that will make the money or, you know, that'll give me the type of platform that, whatever, that skyrockets. But that's not what what I want to do. Sell out and be what thing? Be be the voice or be, you know, be the person, like the next person <laughs> mm. um, so it's just yeah it's, it's, it's also a business um it, the industry is a business and I shouldn't lose sight of my artistic integrity I should uh really stick to what brings me joy and yeah. the messages I really want to share and represent the people that I've been representing all this time and Stay genuine and true to that. Like, don't get swept away, especially in LA. I see a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of getting swept away um, with uh, by the industry, um, and there actually aren't really. Uh, see, that's who. This oh, is teased. no speaker speak. I'm at, mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with the East Coast, people always say like, "How you know? How do you compare the two experiences?" East Coast. The first thing I bring up is people people on the east coast are very genuine transparent i mean of course you have you know whatever but what you see is generally what you get and um whether it's you know aggressive or loving hospital like whatever it is what you see is what you get whereas here there's a lot of things that are very plastic and if you present a certain type of way or you know whatever then you lose out on whatever it is um that you're seeking and that's mm-hmm. just that's just not my that's not my cup of morning joe mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not my uh that's not my ministry <laughs> i feel so something is,
1: bubbling yeah so i'll just present a certain type of way can i get into your business a little more please yeah. now and you if you present in what
0: way you, bar if you pres- from, mm-hmm. yeah. uh as this as this perfect um thing like (laughs) i don't know how to describe it Mm. It, it's like the land of like influencers here and um you know and it's just the 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 personality is kind of stripped away Mm. um it's 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 almost homogenous in a sense Like it's, it's like a sea of people pursuing the same things and with the same kind of like personalities. And I think that that, I think when people actually come across a very genuine person or has an authentic sense of self, it really, really resonates out here. Mm -hmm. Like, and you can, it's clear as day out Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's all I'll say about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 it's something I don't want to lose any of that. I don't think I can lose any of that. Um, honestly, my joy is so attached to the genuine experiences I have with the people around me and, you know, staying true to myself. My mom always taught me that yeah. my moms taught me that, like stay true to yourself, like don't lose, don't get lost. And, any of whatever, you know, remember where you came from and pray and all this stuff. So I just, yeah.
1: Well, thank God for parents who kind of nurtured that sense of self, right? Mm-hmm. Because You talk about the East Coast and you said, you know, people are super genuine and you, who they present is who you kind of get, right? But there are uh-huh. some people here who don't got no sense of self.
0: I, I, you know i'm not saying okay. that wasn't the case either I mean, yes i mean i think we're lost as a generation as a whole but you know in general because i mean we just have so much going on right now We're in the age of information and social media and instant access to it's, it's a lot so i mean i definitely understand it um, but it's 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 exacerbated out here. Yeah, it's really it's really intense. At least from my experience, I can't really speak for anyone else because it was just my experience. But it's it's really um intense. And when when people say like you really got to know yourself and mm. like have people around you that truly truly support you and love you for you regardless of any type of social status or whatever, um, that is so real. And I've mm. been blessed and fortunate enough to have always had that my entire life so i've never really struggled with you know who's my real friends and you know <laughs> i've had the same friends i've had for like a dozen of years and like it, yeah, yeah it's 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 something i just be like looking like damn that's that's what y'all be going through out here
1: <laughs> question for you mm-hmm. you described yourself as being a healer <laughs> Right, Mm -hmm. Um, and I respect that that descriptor. I also want to add, though, because from the time that I've known you, I also see you as a lover, like one who just loves, right? Not only one who loves himself, but himself, excuse me, but one who also loves others. Mm -hmm. And so, in your Voyage LA interview, you really talked about how music um, impacted you positively has Mm -hmm. literally saved your life, right? Yeah. Um, there are many things that you dealt with in your past and music has kind of brought you out of that pit. And now you currently use music to heal yourself and to also heal others, right? And so Mm -hmm. it's definitely um it speaks to the power of music, but it also speaks to your intention to kind of be a healer and to help people kind of get out of their negative, their negative feelings. that reminds me of. There's this person called Brene Brown. Um, are you familiar with her?
0: Brene Brown? Yeah. No. Well, she's no. Put this, me on.
1: Like, she does like research um, regarding kind of like being your authentic self, vulnerability. Mm. Um, she talks about like pain and. Um, just kind of uh, that negative voice that you may sometimes feel. But one thing that she says is that you can't experience joy and pleasure if you don't experience pain. And I think your Mm -hmm. presentation and the way you kind of like present yourself as a healer really speaks to that. Uh, And so I'm curious, how have your past pains impacted the way you experience
0: joy currently? Mm -hmm. Damn. First of all, you got to put me on to Brene, Brene Brown. But how would I answer that? I think it goes back to what I said earlier. What I say, uh, the, the, you have to kind of have, well, for me, I had the the breakdown that led me to the breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Um, from my own personal experience, experiencing the lowest of lows, if you will, kind of gave me a bit of perspective about, um, you know, what's on the other side, like, nothing can get worse, nothing can be worse than that, you know what Mm. I'm saying, Um, or whatever it is that you're going through, if you experience like a low, it kind of, it kind of speaks to the relativity of what the high could look like, Mm. Um, and that's been my experience, Uh, and, you know, the things that pulled me out of, you know, depression, and all of the dark moments I went through have always been um creative related like music or um you know theater or whatever it is writing so I know I know that that is what is my true um I I know that that's how my my joy is truly uh channeled Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what I would say from my experience I kind of had to have to go through some breakdowns in order to access uh, my breakthrough moments and I don't think that th- that's that has to be the case for everyone, yeah. that was my particular journey um, but I think overall you just gotta follow your heart I mean even down to like the, the, the more minute things when I'm writing songs, you know that brings me joy but as I'm writing it, I'm recounting, you know, moments of heartbreak and loss and, you know, I think pain, I think pain, we, we all share a common uh, resonance with pain um, and to, to, to talk about it in a way that's creative brings me joy and it brings me joy to, uh, to kind of be able to connect with people with mm-hmm. that shared experience of pain so that's that's been my thing but it don't always got to be that you know follow yeah. your heart whatever whatever uplifts whatever uplifts you and makes you happy you know uh acknowledge that follow that and stay true to that don't you know second guess it whether it's it's a person <laughs> uh or whatever it is just follow follow your heart for real yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. How would you describe romantic relationships to date? Your romantic
0: relationships? (laughs) That is a whole separate podcast world for all. It's the same podcast, in a
1: different section.
0: Okay, (laughs) well, you know, look, I I have a very interesting take on romance, intimacy, you know, love, that kind of facet. Mm. Um, I am... Black and queer and polyamorous and artist. I'm so many, I'm spiritual um, in my own way. It, it's so many. I, yeah. What, what was the question? What What are my thoughts on it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I relationships think. To date. What are my thoughts on how my relationships with Oh, how would I describe them? I would describe them as. Mm. (laughs) they're all not the same Mm. um and this is not even just talking like intimately like my relationships with different friends and different they're all so different but if I were to talk specifically about my romantic relationships I would say that I would describe it as a journey to like generalize Mm. more specifically Mm. I would say my being in a relationship with me or sharing a relationship that's what I usually say sharing a relationship with me is 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 a lot of work but no work at all what I mean by that is that um it's I'm the easiest person to love and experience and share life with um, because all I want is the best, however that looks, even if that means without me, if that means you, you'll grow and become whatever it is that that uh, surfaces your your, your maximum potential, your, your, your potential. Mm-hmm. That's what I prioritize. So that makes it easy. But the hard part is letting go of egos and deconditioning yourself to the ways you know all of the, the 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 games that we've learned to play as as it pertains to dating and you know um traumas you know unpacking mm. traumas and it's a lot it's really a lot of internal work to be to be with me and I, I'm just, I i do recognize that so i'm like the easiest like if you're if you're at that place of readiness to to like really have these ego deaths and like you know really unpack some things and really get to the nitty-gritty of like what it is that you truly want and want to manifest for your life easy easy Mm -hmm. as fuck Mm -hmm. but if you're not at that place of healing or not at that place not not in the mindset of if you're not willing to experience that particular type of um journey then um you know i could be very Sharing a relationship with me can be very difficult. Mm. Um, so it's 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 a lot of things. It's a lot. It's so multi-layered.
1: Absolutely. And you mentioned yeah. egos, trauma, and playing those kitty games, right? Oh, those are like the three sisters <laughs> that came all up in this room and punched me dead in the face, <laughs> right? Because the fact of the matter is, we live in a very egocentric world. And I think all of us are conditioned to mm, act in ego a lot, right? We also grow up with our own traumas, whether it be bullying, Mm -hmm. whether it be violence, whether it be, you know, witnessing Mm -hmm. something traumatic, right? And then when we talk about kitty games... It's difficult not to play them because we're all just our inner children, even though our bodies are mature and Mm -hmm. giving you grown auntie and uncle, right? (laughs) We're all like little children trying to heal kind of things that we did not get in our most vulnerable stages, right? How has Mm -hmm. that come up in your relationships? Those Uh, three different things. We can take it one by one. Let's start with ego.
0: Ego. Well, it's come up. So I don't really know what to to to, to attribute this to. I, I think it might have to do with me as an artist, but with me being an artist, but I'm really big on leaving your ego at the door when it comes to love. Love doesn't have a place. For from, mm-hmm. from me and my perspective and what I understand love to be, like true, unconditional love, Um, there is not much of a place for ego to to exist. And so with that, I think, you know, as we've been conditioned since we were children and like what we, you know, learned from parents and media and just different things, um, sometimes it can be a bit confusing um, to hear someone say like, in a loving way, <laughs> leave your ego at the door because we've also internalized how it's been a great thing to kind of have the sense of like ownership of people, however you view mm. that. Um, to have you know this idea of it's 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 a lot. Um, so it's 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 been a big. I think it's probably the biggest challenge mm. in relationships for me and. It's it's a it's an awesome challenge. It's like a, it's kind of like a game. Whenever we, you know, detect that type of uh, energy entering into a situation or the relationship itself, um, we attack it and we get down to it to get to the next level. And it's then we enter into something greater. But with that, you know, sometimes the enemies get stronger <laughs> because we're getting deeper. Mm-hmm. And when we defeat them, the prizes are bigger. So it's, it's, it's a game of relativity for me. And um, it's a challenge that I think is worthwhile fighting mm. because the, the rewards are just so bountiful. Like, mm. I think to experience like an, uh, a, a love that's unconditional where your ego is kind of checked at the door or if it comes in, you kick it out yeah. <laughs> or you kind of befriend it and kind of make sense of it and that's just is what it is and you try to figure things out from that point on it's all kind of a journey that i think is worthwhile so that's kind of how it is for me it's like this worthwhile um ongoing challenge it's not something that you kind of just do once and that's just it because the world is still continuing and shit is still real so I
1: would agree that ego definitely is a worthwhile challenge, especially in the way that you kind of presented ego, this idea of um control and us feeling like we can control others. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's a continual effort to check is because our environment reinforces this idea that, you know, once we're with somebody, you are mine. You are my I have ownership yeah. over you, right? And that's, we think of not to say that monogamy is horrible, but when we think of the fact that, like, you are Turn that down, you Turn
0: that down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, you're fine, please.
1: We roll with the punches here. When we think about kind of, like, how culturally um, this, like, idea of ownership over someone else, ownership over someone else's body, over their time, over their being is reinforced, I, I can definitely see how that's a continual work. And that's a work that maybe we should all try to be, like, engaged in processing and figuring out and and working through. Because you're right, the rewards, once we get on that other side of ego, um,
0: are definitely worthwhile. I'd certainly agree. Okay, sorry. So this man, (laughs) so whenever people are playing, like, you can hear it, right? Like, in blasting Mm -hmm. and stuff. Turn it down. Whenever the neighbors are playing their music and stuff, well, you can kind of sort of hear it he does this thing but he's in a different apartment complex so there's our building we don't there's nothing that we can really do Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't know why i haven't checked this man but anyway i completely agree can you hear me by the way yeah no i'm
1: fine listen we are rolling
0: yeah yeah i i completely agree i mean i think it's it's worthwhile and i think it's something that we should all kind of like look into and um that's the goal for me, yeah. to be honest.
1: What about the childhood games? The childlike games?
0: How has that shown up in relationships? Oh, Lord. I mean, oh, man. So I have this whole philosophy anyway to, um, I, maturing for me looks like me returning back to who I was as a child, mm. but just with all the knowledge and stuff that I've gained over the years. But when I say, like, as a child, I mean, like, liberated and free and not really thinking about the constructs of the world and all that. But when I talk about childish games, I'm talking more so about, like, the ways in which we aren't communicating what it is that we truly want. You know, yeah. when, you know, when you're a kid you're you're like... Saying well, oh, and like pouting and looking away when you really want a cookie, but you're not saying you want a cookie, and, and it's this kind of that kind of idea, but in relationships, when people are not saying what they need to say, they're not stating their true intentions. Um, there's this idea of like, oh, I just want to be pursued, and you know, men should be this way, or women, or whoever. Um, this this type of person should be this way, and I. <laughs> it's it's really going no, you are heading home. It's something. just it's it's a it's a it's a lot, um, and I don't really. I'm not at a place to entertain that right now in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much an advocate for saying what you need to say and being transparent. I'm not too much worried about my feelings being hurt about your truth because it's your truth and that's information that I can use information that we both can use to get to the next level whatever it is that we're building or not in preventing mm-hmm. something that you know preventing something that um would otherwise disservice us um but yeah I'm not into the the the, the games like the, the, i don't need there's so many what's 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 a, a childish game phenomenon
1: uh well you could like, have touched on a, a not, dynamic mm. right like you were saying um i'm not gonna say this or i'm going to do this men should be like this women should be like this right and so it sounds mm-hmm. like in the childish games there's like a a gender role performance <sighs>
0: Oh my god. And I think that's so interesting. Oof, don't let me start relationships.
1: That.
0: Man, you said don't let <laughs> you start. I kind of want you to. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it's just so much tea. It's so much tea. Um I I DM someone. Someone's asking me for some advice about a relationship that they that they were in. And long story short, I told this person that they um the person that they're dating, their identity is so wrapped up in their pain mm. that it's hard for them to receive the type of love that you're trying to offer or present that you're presenting to this, this person. And that's okay because that's what their journey is right now. Um, and you know, yeah. Um, for me, I have this kind of, this, uh, I don't even know what to call it, I guess this double consciousness of understanding that a lot of the games that we play, quote unquote games that we we, we play, are reflections of trauma, mm. um, the reflections of fear and, um, you know, pain responses to things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're not entirely encouraged to, to just be and just be liberated and just, you know, just love on each other in a way that our hearts truly feel inclined to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it, there's that side, but at the same time, there's a the side that's, <laughs> there's the impatient side where like, of, of me that I, I'm constantly checking, like, you know, once I introduce this information to you and I'm, you know, representing this, this really positive thing, and it's in your face, that's all I can really do mm-hmm. is show, show, show up mm-hmm. and show up as genuinely and as clearly as I can. And whatever you do with that is what you make of that. And I think that I, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm detracting. I'm derailing from. No. The, what was the original question? On, like, what on, do I think of? I think rail. that I get impatient sometimes, or I guess frustrated. Should I say when you know there's this teetering between when when I'm when I'm dealing with people who when we're at different parts places of our journey um where you're teetering between wanting to experience you know love and and you know happiness and whatever it is that brings you joy about me or sharing life with me but at the same time you know oh but your parents might think this or or but whatever the reasons are Mm -hmm. like please can just follow (laughs) you know your truth (laughs) we know your truth or truths um, so just please listen to that. But mm-hmm. it's just so much urgent that I could, I could do. I, I mean, I'm not trying to change nobody. I'm not trying to, you know, make pressure people into to loving people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's not what we're in a game to do. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's this back and forth. And I think that that's something that I, that, that I, um, kind of face often in relationships yeah well i would say often because i don't really <laughs> i don't really um, i i'm not very available um to a lot of stuff wow but when i um i see you you see me <laughs> <laughs> when i am you know mm. that 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 comes up sometimes mm. um and I, I do recognize it to be it goes back to that idea of the challenge you know i think that is worth fighting Mm -hmm. If if I'm going to make the decision to pursue, or not even pursue, I don't even think you can pursue love per se. But invest. Oh, why not? (laughs) (laughs) I think that love. Hmm. I don't think that is something to pursue. I don't think that love is something that you can chase. It's just something that already exists within us Mm. that is waiting to kind of be shared. Like I don't I don't believe in this idea of finding someone or people to complete you. Mm-hmm. That I mean to me that's some bullshit. Like mm-hmm. I I feel like people and things, whether it's, you know, art, money, whatever it is, whatever, 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 should supplement the happiness and the love that you already have within yourself and that you already embody. It shouldn't complement it. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no other halves that I'm looking for. There's no there's none of that. Like I'm whole by myself. The love that I have already exists within me. I'm just trying to nurture it and craft it into something better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, love for me is about sharing whatever that that craft and whatever that journey is that I'm experiencing in my in my independent self yeah. with someone else or people. You know, the people around me. And that that's more so what I mean about pursuing love. I don't think it's something to be pursued um yeah Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense (laughs) that bless me yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's good Mm -hmm.
1: good. complete this phrase happiness is
0: uh love Mm -hmm. i think i pride myself happiness is love Surely is. Ooh, Ooh, oh my god. Oh go have a second word. Mm. Liberation. Happiness is liberation. It's freedom. Mm. That's that's my real answer. That's what it all comes down to. Once you're able to be free with yourself and and be liberated in who you are and what it is that, that you bring to the table and your unique whatever's mm-hmm. um yeah that's 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 some real happiness stuff that's 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 some that's some joyful joyful <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, <I was> <laughs> that's, that's that's it that's it right there
1: oh well malui i appreciate you for engaging me in this conversation that's so much. Now, before we end there's mm-hmm. one part that um We need to complete, and that is us spinning the rosé bottle. Oh, yeah. Come on, rosé. So when we spin the rosé bottle, I have spent this entire segment um, asking you questions, or this entire podcast asking you questions. Now you get to ask me one question. It can be dry. It can be juicy. It can be nothing. And I have to answer.
0: (laughs) Can it be multi multi-layered?
1: Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I've just been saying yes to all the questions, so I mean, that's fine.
0: That all is right. Fine. So, hmm. So this conversation kind of brought me into a different kind of channel and I'm 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 feeling it. I'm here for it. Mm. Um, let me see. Damn. Um, ooh. I have a question. I'm scared. I guess okay. I should give I guess I should give like a little bit of context i don't know i remember you know no even now okay so having studied psychology and always wanting to be you know a counselor and advising people and being like the go-to guy for advice and whatever Mm. um coupled with you know my own personal philosophies about love and relationships intimacy and all that I think that sometimes there's this thing that I I, I I always try to clear up in the early stages of me getting to know someone. Um, about me, like saying like I'm not I'm not your therapist, nor do I want to be.
1: Wow, I'm about to close this whole laptop. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not your therapist. I don't, I don't want to be a therapist. That's not what I'm here for. Mm. Um. So mm. that's kind of that's been a big struggle for me, because obviously you know I want to you know support you know whoever it is that I'm investing in and you know this you know communication and all that stuff, but at the same time, there's a very, 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 very fine line mm. between mm-hmm. you know supporting someone and oof, I don't even have a word for it, but mm. for lack of better terms, being. Their therapist. It's a different kind of relationship. It's like bi directional versus like omnidirectional. I don't know. I'm thinking too much. Anyway, my question was or is um with you being a sexologist and, you know, pursuing psychology, but also being a creative and, you know, this multi layered being, what has, what Damn! How do I want to ask this?
1: It's already stressing me out.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I'm, I guess I'm interested to know what your struggles have been with being someone who's who's of these backgrounds in relationships. Because mm-hmm. I know that how mm-hmm. I struggle with it, but like, what what Ooh. what? How, how how does your life as a sexologist and a creative marry your your your? intimate relationships and mm. d- d- like yeah, I talk add, about it. I don't know if it's a question
1: Could I add a couple more identities? Oh yes,
0: mm-hmm. please
1: Sexologist, budding psychologist
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: Fat and femme individual
0: Yes Oof.
1: Okay, let, let's go there um, Oof, that's, that's, Ooh Recovering people pleaser <sighs>
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I say I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh, I'm building community. Welcome. (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Welcome. Uh, But yes. Those I like, and so, and I I can't talk about
1: the sexologists and budding psychologists without adding those into it too, Mm -hmm. because then when you think about friendships, you become that go-to person, right? Recovering Mm -hmm. individual with no boundaries. Mm. Right you become not only the go-to person for um advice, but sometimes you become the go-to person that people can like unload emotionally and try to figure out the shit that they need to figure out with a therapist with you right or you mm. can you you're, you become kind of like that crash dummy test dummy right for like yeah. people's oh, interpersonal man. mess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, And all at the same time, you're holding space for them, right? Because you're yes. doing it in the spirit of being a good friend. But then you're also holding space and for lover. you. Oh, I heard
0: you. And if lover, you got, should I, I say. You. Ain't no or. That just got me played. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> right? But in the same time, and holding space for all of these people, and I think, and the reason why I really want to push And highlight like the the femme identity too. I think even when in relationships with men, because you present less Mm -hmm. masculine, there's an expectation there that this is your role. You should be holding space for me. You should be helping me process my shit. You should be okay (sighs) with the shit that I refuse to go process with uh, with another professional.
0: Nice cup of tea. (laughs) Okay. then
1: again, I want to go back and say at the same time, you're holding space for yourself, right? So at the same time Mm -hmm. of like helping people deal with their mess, you're also dealing with yours. And where I think that creates the most, I like to talk with my hands, so I'm putting down the laptop, (laughs) where I think that creates the most tension is when, you know, I start to realize, okay, I don't have any boundaries and now I want to start to put some in place.
0: When I Mm -hmm. start to
1: realize, you know, my identity as a less masculine individual, you're treating me how like a lot of heterosexual men, cis men, um, treat heterosexual cis women. And I refuse to do that because I'm a queer man and therefore my relationships will be queered. Where you start to, where I start to realize like, oh, I'm not your therapist. And even though Mm -hmm. I'm a sexologist, I'm not your hoe. Mm. with lovers right Mm. and so our relationship (laughs) dynamics have to change now you become a villain yeah because you just disrupted the entire dynamic of this relationship
0: Mm -hmm. right so now
1: you're over emotional now you there's a reason for you to be gaslit now like you or the opposite or you have no emotion you have no emotion right you're not there for me anymore you're not giving me <laughs> what I needed when in actuality that's not my job your job is to give you what you need
0: mm-hmm. supplement compliment to I, man mm. Mm.
1: Try, you got man. me
0: together <laughs> <laughs> I mean you don't gather me up
1: but it's something mm, it's something that I've recently been confronted with and it's something that i'm continuing to work through Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and as i work through it there are some emotions that i'm just sitting with Mm -hmm. disappointment both with the other people and myself right Mm -hmm. Um, embarrassment feeling Mm -hmm. disrespected when you start to see the little moments that you just allowed
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right and then feeling power and feeling affirmed in the fact that I'm really act- intentionally working not to let these things slide anymore.
0: Ooh, that was some scorching tea. Oh yes, It burned it's my just bomb. so it's so real, and I think as so, <laughs> I'm boomboxing, no, it's I fine. think that um also as like an empath and someone who genuinely cares about the well-being of others, Mm -hmm. a.k.a., I guess, a healer, I think sometimes that role can be very conflated in relationships with Mm -hmm. being like like a a healer as a romantic, uh, how love can be a healing agent, Mm -hmm. but conflating that with the idea of um, you as a healer being someone's therapist is really hard to kind of, for at least for me it's 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 difficult to set those boundaries because i always want to keep space for yes my friends yeah yeah and that includes my partners because i mean that is the requirement is that we're really yeah. good friends but i like i always want to hold space um in that way but at the same time and and i also recognize that it might be difficult that is difficult, especially considering you know sub identities and access mm-hmm. and stuff to really mm-hmm. find actual professionals to like talk about certain things with. Absolutely. And like, of course, it makes sense to talk to your closest um, friend or mm-hmm. friends about. It's it's just uh, it's, it's it's a lot, and so I, my yeah my struggle uh, has been or one of the struggles I've dealt with has been. Whenever, like you said, this, this idea of a villain, whenever I communicate that I need to hold space for myself for a moment, mm-hmm. because I'm unpack- unpacking a lot of stuff and processing a lot of information that has been loaded onto me and experiences or whatever it is, um, I think that moment of silence or that moment of like self-love can be internalized as punishment to potential partners. Um, but it's really not. It's, it's just me gathering myself so that I can be more accessible because I don't want to numb out on, yeah. you know. I mean, that, yeah, I, I can really see myself really numbing out to being overloaded and that's not wanted either. So yeah. it's, it's something.
1: I love that you brought up this idea of access. Right. And a lot of us. OK, I don't want to say that because that's not true. I got into this work <laughs> yeah? um, in this professional work to provide um, services to people who may not have as much access. Right. And so when you think about friendships and, you know, romantic partners, you're absolutely right. You do want to hold space for people to process tough times but i you know similar to again what you said there's a fine line when does it become i'm showing up for you as a partner i'm showing up for you as a friend when does it turn from that to i'm showing up for our weekly session and a lot of times i think where where there's a difference is you're showing up and and providing space for those people, but are those those people really providing space for you? Period. That kind of like reciprocity in relationship, right? Mm Because you and your friends can heal. Shout out to my girl, Delisha. We have a processing (laughs) with Ryan and a dialogue with Delisha, like almost, you know, Well, it used to be every week when we used to go outside, but now that we ain't doing nothing, it's, you know, a little less (laughs) frequent. But, we're there for each other, right? We're holding mm-hmm. space for each other to heal and process and, you know, use our emotion wheels and, like, have fun. It like And it really feels full. But when you start showing up to a space and allowing, you know, someone to unload, and every time you leave, you feel like you're on negative?
0: It's, yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you at you. all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We don't need that. I mean, I, that's why I always... I try to. This is uh, I, mm, this is a hack that I, I suggest to my friends and anyone who really asks for advice. Sometimes in situations like this, or just in general, as it pertains to relationships, like kind of create a um a, a, like a like a, a language mm. so to speak. Create a language or a code system that is specifically designed to to um, indicate um what kind of moment you're heading into. So if you know that, like, so, uh, mm, wait, I got to think about this tea. So one of the things that I've done, for example, I was like, okay, if you send me or if we send each other at any point, the baby emoji, mm. like just like the little infant, little mm. head <laughs> That means that, you know, we're having a moment where we feel, <laughs> what I call, what we when we feel like baby. Meaning, like, I just want to voice what's going on in my head and, like, I just want you to be there. You don't have to, like, whatever your presence is what I need right now in a spe- specific moment. Um, And that that's just what it is. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to, like, attack you if it's about you or I'm not trying to, like, whatever I just need that you know what I'm saying so like I do stuff like that like little hacks and cheat cheat codes in my relationships that kind of indicate specific needs and moments because sometimes it's hard to express what we truly need in a very um I guess intricate way or really developed way in real time yeah so if you can just press an emoji like like or, it, or if you could just like, you know, some people have like, you know, eye contact, like if they look a certain way and you're just like, you know what this is, like that, that's enough. Um, just just a language, mm. like a, 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 a shortcut type mm. of, I don't want to say shortcut, but like an, a, an easily accessible kind of code that you can kind of use to, to illustrate your needs and desires because... I think at this point, most of us know, you know, I can't even say that. Most of us know what we need in religion. The notion. That's not really true. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. But I think the real issue is expressing the things that we desire in expressing our needs in real time yeah. in the context of a relationship is really mm-hmm. difficult because you you're dealing with someone that you you love and care about and you you know you have overlapping investments with and you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and dah, 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 like the games and the ego mm-hmm. and all that stuff mm-hmm. it's 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 a lot to manage um but if you can just have like a code that kind of like infiltrates that whole kind of structure um if that makes sense and works for you and whoever friends whoever parent
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um I would suggest that that's one thing that I would suggest that's that works for that has been working for me um but yeah
1: that is so powerful I love that I love that. Let's continue this conversation off air because yes, people need to know all your business. <laughs> but, <laughs> love bugs. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Rose and Thorns podcast. Um, Malui, thank you so much for taking the time out mm. to sit with us. Question for you: you.
0: Um,
1: What are your social media handles? What projects are you working on?
0: Ooh, yes. Okay, so I'm Malui. That's M A L L E W I. And you can find me on all social media um with that handle i guess instagram twitter facebook I'm really drawing facebook, <laughs> but if you want to follow, you want to follow me there that's cool uh I, but you can find me at malouie um also malui.com if you want to stay up to date with what I got going on come on website. um i know right Long story. <laughs> um I am currently working on or should I say, well, yeah. I'm currently working on releasing my first album of a trilogy that I ultimately am working on. Um, and this album is titled Retina. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely done with my part. Uh, I'm waiting to hear back from an engineer who's working on the last, who's working on some last pieces of uh, some production that I've I done. Um, so once that is there, I can start announcing some dates and dropping some snippets and promos and fabulous. all of that stuff. But, yeah, I'm working on releasing that and also working on the next thing. But, uh, yeah, follow me at Maloui.
1: Yes, little brother, you always have my support. You have the support of the show. And so Thank we you. can't wait for all of your fabulous projects. Guys, this but, has been another yeah. episode of and Thorns. thank you for listening to roseanne thorns a p ryan podcast you can find roseanne thorns on instagram and twitter at rose and t pod that's r-o-s-e-n-t-p-o-d and you can find p ryan on instagram and twitter at i am p ryan that's
0: i-a-m-p-r-y-a-n see you next time